Well, in recent weeks here on the program, we have brought to you several different voices of farmers who work on farm, farm workers, even uh, saying how much damage this wrong-headed plan uh, to force farms, to, to penalize farms for having followed the law, uh, how much damage that would cause, not just to farms, but to farm workers themselves, the people who are supposed to be by, protected by all of these efforts around this this issue of overtime and back pay and all of that. Uh, but it, I, I think it's time, and, and welcome back, by the way. This is The Farming Show here on KGMI. I'm Dylan Honkoop with Safe Family Farming. Uh, I think it's time to kind of get you back up to speed on what's happened politically with this issue. And it has been described as a roller coaster ride. And I, I believe that to be an accurate portrayal. And uh, I think that roller coaster ride continues, but I think it's important for anybody who supports farming here in Washington State, growing food close to home, not just dairy. And I know that, again, this started in the world of dairy, but now it is something that is affecting and is about all of agriculture, all of farming in Washington State. It's so important to know and follow what's going on uh, and, and to understand the depth of the threat that this poses to the future of producing food and and family farming here in Washington State. Joining me right now with the Washington State Dairy Federation, as he has before on this issue, Dan Wood, their executive director, is with us. And Dan, you know, I think the last time we talked, I don't remember if, you know, the Senate bill to kind of bring some sanity to this whole back pay idea had been introduced yet or not, but a lot has transpired since that was the the pretty straightforward, pretty simple, you know, fairness-based concept that was on the table. Explain how this whole situation has evolved. Well, Senate Bill 5172 was introduced by Senator King from the Yakima area, and uh, very briefly, it said that the courts cannot award retroactive wages when they uh, turn the law on its head. And so for 61 years in Washington state, uh, agriculture, railroad workers, real estate agents, and a list of other folks have been exempt from being paid time and a half for hours over 40 hours per week. And there are just some elements of that type of work that uh, oftentimes, you know, you get crunched uh, with work uh, necessities that are more than 40 hours. And then sometimes you have a period of time where there isn't such work or the weather affects it or deadlines or whatever. And so in 1959, they said uh, you're exempt from paying overtime for that type of work. Then, a so 61 years later, the state Supreme Court uh, said that the legislature lacked sufficient uh, reason for granting that agricultural exemption, and as applied to dairy workers, because it was a dairy farm case, that it is unconstitutional. So for 61 years, it was fine. Uh, farm workers have been paid straight time. Uh, I think the Washington Policy Center said uh, right now that, or it might have been data as old as 2019, that farm workers in Washington state average $17 per hour. Mm. And so, you know, that's much higher than the minimum wage. And 
So they were able to work more hours and uh, earn more money. And, you know, a lot of farm workers have been able to send a good chunk of their income to family members who live in poverty somewhere else. And and you know you know buy new trucks or yeah. or do what whatever, and yeah. some of them get their housing provided on top of that, and they get other benefits. Mm-hmm. And we're just talking about the hourly compensation. So there's a, a lot that has gone into farm worker uh, compensation, and now the Supreme Court says, well, you got to pay time and a half over forty hours. Well, and essentially that decision was saying. It was a decision against the state law, against a decision that the state had made 61 years ago. It wasn't saying that farmers hadn't followed the law. It was saying that the state shouldn't have had that law. So really, it should be the state's problem then going forward. But the interesting part was this whole thing left the door open to having farmers have to pay a a significant, potentially farm-ending penalty for having followed that law when they're saying the the decision was saying, well, the state was the one that made the mistake in the first place. Yeah, so the, it's the state that acted unconstitutionally. Uh, I mean, the, the the quality of the state Supreme Court ruling is very debatable, but they get the final word. And so the state Supreme Court says the the exemption from paying time and a half was unconstitutional. So be it. It was the state that acted unconstitutionally, not the employer's. The employers actually, calculating on straight time, were able to pay a higher hourly rate and give these workers more hours so that they could earn more money to not only buy whatever they wanted to buy here, but to support their families elsewhere if, yeah. if, if that was their situation. And, and it wasn't the situation, was not the situation in 1959. You know, my grandfather was one of those migra- migrant workers, you know, going mm-hmm. from farm to farm in Washington state. And and, you know, it's just uh, the the nature of the workforce was quite different back then than it is now. Um, and so what has happened is a lot of workers in dairy, at least, because the overtime now applies to dairy. And it, it's only one one court ruling away from applying to the rest of agriculture. And everybody expects that will happen at some point. And so for a lot of dairy workers, they've had their hours cut. Uh, because the farms cannot pay, cannot afford to pay that overtime rate, and so people who might have been, you know, let, let me let me illustrate it with this uh, uh, example. Uh, if you were making twenty dollars an hour uh, milking cows for me, and you were w- working fifty-five hours a week, you were making eleven hundred a week. So you know, about fifty thousand dollars a year. Um, now suddenly the court says, oh, you have to be paid overtime. And I go, I, I can't afford to pay $30 for someone to milk my cows. So Dylan, you're going to get 40 hours. And if you want more hours, you have to go find a job somewhere else, a, a part-time job. So until you find that part-time job and wrestle with the difficulty of coordinating your schedule between two employers, you've gone from 55 hours to 40 hours. At $20 an hour, you've just lost $15,000 a year in income. That's a lot. I, I yeah. have heard that, you know, this isn't just a hypothetical the way you're describing it. I, I've heard already there are stacks of applications of people in this exact situation who are now having to find second jobs um, to, to supplement their income. Right. And that's harder on the worker and it's harder on the families uh, because you're not working, you know, your hours straight and then you go home uh, like you used to. You You might have 
you know, if you can get your schedule to work out right, you're going to, you might work eight hours for me every day and then, uh, turn around and, and have a, you know, 60, 90 minutes off, um, and, and maybe have to travel that much in order to get mm-hmm. to your second job. Well, and th- so th- now this is why we're we, hearing workers who are just upset about this. They don't like it right, right. away. So it, it's not, it's not good for the workers what happened on the overtime. Now, so three of the state Supreme Court justices said in, in the minority opinion that they thought uh, that uh, farmers should have to pay three years of back wages and 12% a year penalty. Uh, so they turned the law on its head for 61 years. It said you don't have to pay overtime rates. And now they say, well, we think you should should have, and we want to ding you for three years and penalty for not doing what the law said you didn't have to do. And so even it doesn't matter that they paid a higher rate because they didn't have to calculate overtime. They just said, well, whatever the hourly rate was, it should have been time and a half over 40 hours. And so now not only have hours lost their or uh, workers lost their hours, they could lose their jobs entirely uh, if the farmers have to go back three years to pay wages and penalties for something that was not even the law during that period. It, it still boggles the mind as many times as I've talked about it with various people here on the program. Every time we go through this, it just makes my brain hurt. It does not make sense. Again, we're talking with Dan Wood of the Washington State Dairy Federation here on The Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop with Save Family Farming. We're, we're calling out and, and, and shedding light on this issue that really amounts to an injustice, not just for farms, but for farm workers. And I have lost count of how many farm workers themselves I've talked to that are so frustrated about this. They're upset with the, the overtime concept. And then they're looking at this, this uh, back pay situation and they're saying, okay, hey, it might be nice to get a, a check, but I know my boss can't afford to pay me and all my colleagues that back pay check. I know that they're going to go out of business because of this, and I'm going to lose my job. So uh, I've had multiple people tell me, I don't want to lose my job. It's not worth some back one-time back pay payment to me to lose my job. The back pay payment may get me for a month or two while I try to find a new job. Like that, that isn't what I want. That's not financial security for me. It's making my situation worse. Right, and then we would have the sudden catastrophic loss of farms and farm worker jobs all at once. And so if that's their history of work, uh, there is going to be a, a scarcity of, of farm worker jobs they can go to. Yeah, where are you going to find the work? So many jobs will, jobs and farms will have been lost yeah. at the same time. So what has happened since that ruling in early November last year is there have now been 36 new lawsuits filed. Um, against uh, dairy farms, cattle feeders, uh, egg producers, and farm labor contractors. And it's just a matter of time before more commodities are brought in with those lawsuits. And 35 of those 36 new lawsuits have been filed by two law firms. They are just trying to scoop up money, you know, sue and settle. Uh, One of them is working with uh, uh, an attorney in California who's made a lot of money doing this sort of thing. You sue someone, go, oh, it'll be cheaper for you just to settle to make this lawsuit go away. They don't care about any principle. They're not trying to right any injustice. They're just trying to get money. And a bulk of that money will go to them and not even to the worker. 
Right. You know, I mean, I don't even know how to tell how little money would go into the into the worker, but it, you know, a lot of it's going to go into the lawyer. And and so that's that's the unfortunate side about this. These are these are um ambulance chasers is a typical term. You know, they're they're looking for and they're advertising on radio for clients. And what's happening is uh, uh, in a lot of these lawsuits, it is a former employee who is filing who who becomes the plaintiff. Uh, and some of them, you know, they won't sue their current employer. They'll just sue a former employer. And so it's just it's just a form of, of robbing the farmers of their uh, really the, their their farm and uh, robbing the employees of their jobs. And so the Senate Labor Committee moved the bill out of committee, but they flipped it on its head. And instead of protecting uh, farms from these retroactive wages, they say, well, you can get protection from a lawsuit and a settlement like that if you go and pay for it in advance. So you basically settle a case at 100% before you've been sued. And then, you know, and and they say, well, you you could pay 12% um, interest on the money that you never owed instead of paying a 12% penalty for not paying the money you never owed. It was really quite a bizarre thing to see them completely reverse the bill. Well, it was it was a bill that again initially was straightforward. It made sense. It was about fairness. A lot of people seem to understand this. Of course, there are some noisy voices. It usually, uh, if you look closely, it, it's lawyers uh, that would stand to benefit from this that were pushing for this. And again, this change that it apparently took to get the whole thing moving um, made the bill something that makes the situation even worse. Than if there were no no bill in some ways, uh, right. you know. Okay, right. yeah, you don't have to deal with the cost of lawsuits, but you also don't get your day in court. I mean, you're you're then you know presumed guilty, and farms would have to bear the full burden of this plus interest. And what happens then? And and what's the attention to the harm that this will cause? Again, the exact people that they claim it's supposed to help. Yeah. So and they, and seemingly um well I'll say senator, senator Saldana who is the main person going after the farms seemingly doesn't care about the cost of the farm workers jobs and you know she has run some anti farming legislation in the past mm-hmm. uh and she's doing it again and uh she really is uh, I think sullying the reputation of the the democrats who want to be more reasonable and so, you know, fortunately, Senator Kaiser, the chair of the committee, uh, is involved in, in ongoing discussions and negotiations. And Senator Kaiser uh, is someone who, when she gives her word, uh, um, she keeps it. I've seen that over the years with her. And I've been told that by other people in both parties. And so she has given her word that we're going to continue to negotiate uh, on the legislation in order to try to find uh, a compromise and ideally, we come out of this with a bill that protects farmers from uh, back wages. And uh, I think part of that is going to be, um, you know, hopefully there'll be a glide path for the rest of agriculture uh, uh-huh. on overtime as, instead of it coming upon them suddenly like it did dairy. What do people need to be you know, doing right now? Hearing this, people who support, you know, continuing family farming in the state, what what can they do? How should they, what should they be saying speaking out who should they be talking to they should be talking to their legislators and you know um and the message needs to be generic right now because we we don't want to communicate 
explicit support for the Senate bill by number right now because it's opposite of how it was introduced. So the message just needs to be uh, you need to protect uh, farms from retroactive um, uh, decisions awarding past wages. Yeah, because, you know, who, with negotiations, things could go back and forth. As we've already seen, a, a good bill can become a bad bill and then back again, potentially. So, yeah, do we support or oppose a, a given bill? Well, it kind of depends where the whole process is at. And I know that continues. But in the meantime, I think those folks, as you're pointing out in Olympia, need to hear from folks, not just farmers, not just farm workers, even though those voices are so important, particularly farm workers, uh, but also the rest of the community that supports farming and wants to keep our you know food being produced here in Washington State rather than offshored, um, I do have a, a way that people can um, send messages very easily uh, to the the lawmakers involved with this in Olympia. Uh, what they need to do and what you can do, what anybody can do, is just text the keyword worker to the phone number 52886. So yeah, you send a text message, the phone number, you know, it's just a short code. It's not even, you know, a full phone number, but just 52886. And then you text the word worker to that number and it'll hook you up with where you can uh, send a message, not through some middleman, but directly to those lawmakers. Uh, we have some sample uh, language in there. You can edit that. You can add to it. You can subtract from it. You can write your own message yourself, whatever the case might be. But again, text the keyword worker to the phone number 52886 uh, to make your voice heard on this. Again, Dan Wood with us from the Washington State Dairy Federation. Thanks for the update, Dan. Best of luck to you folks and, and so many other people involved in this. You know, this this could still be a long road ahead to to bring fairness um, and and protect some kind of future for farm workers and, and family farming in the state. Yeah, we've got about 50 days left in the legislative session that goes to April 25th. And if the legislature does not provide uh, the, perfect, the protection from those uh, backwards judgments, those ex post facto sort of law thing, then we might have to go to the U.S. Supreme Court. Mm. And it's it's worth the fight. Well, Dan, thanks for all the work that you're doing on that and keep us posted. All right. Thanks.